Hello everyone, it's Friday the 12th of February and welcome to episode 42 of the Kite Podcast. I'm Will Evans. And I'm Ben Eagle. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you'll remember that Chris was showing us his apparently full-to-the-brim trophy cabinet packed with prizes that he's supposedly been awarded for his journalism prowess and general awesomeness. One award, though, that we're pretty certain he hasn't got in that cabinet is the Cream Awards Young Dairy Farmer of the Year Award, unless there's something that we don't know about Chris's past. On today's show, however, we have an actual winner of that award, and we want to welcome Nick Eccles to the show, this year's winner of the prize, which was sponsored by Kite. Our very own podcast producer, Becky Leach, is also on the show today as she was one of the judges for the award and as always we're joined by everybody's favorite dairy market analyst cj walkland not quite sure why there's an emphasis on his initials this week but i'm sure we'll find out soon enough welcome to the show everyone chris it's over to you for the milk market report where are you this week well we've got a young farmer on this morning and one of the best two clearly congratulations nick on your award very well done. And since you're at the start of your career and I'm nearing the end of mine, I thought I'd give you and my other young listener the benefit of my experience and wisdom with some sage and erudite careers advice. So I'm doing my report on location from Sunshine Desserts, the boss of which is one of my childhood heroes and namesake, CJ from the TV comedy, The Rise and Fall of Reginald Perrin. My older listener may remember him, but you youngsters won't. Now, CJ's catchphrase was very memorable and extremely relevant. I didn't get where I am today by doing such and such, he'd tell his staff. With one of his most famous dairy lines being, I didn't get where I am today by selling ice cream tasting of bookends, pumice stones and West Germany. Which is, I have to say, the perfect description of Oakley. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so for the benefit of the younger generation of dairy farmers, I've put together my very own top 25, I didn't get where I am today, career tips. Was that a sigh, Becky? You won't get where I am today by sighing, you know. No, Chris, absolutely not at all. I'm, I'm utterly surprised that you've only got 25 tips for us. Should I have made it 50? Well, I can't see why not, but I suppose you'd better crack on with 25. Excellent. I'll make a start then. I didn't get where I am today by procrastinating. Honestly, can't wait. Coming in at number 25 is... I can't hear him. He's lying on dead. Yeah, Becky, I I put him on mute. I mean, you don't really want to hear this twaddle, do you? Pretty sure no one wants to hear career advice from a old duffer like Chris but you do know he'll sulk if we cut him he can be a really big prima donna uh what are you thinking uh um, I don't know let's think (laughs) is that the sound of you two thinking (laughs) Uh, that was just me it happens all the time Um, I, I tell you what let him finish We'll speed up, oh, Leah, let's speed it up in the edit and tell him there was a technical hitch or something. Excellent. Go for it. Okay, right. I'm taking off mute now. Which brings me to my number 24 on my I didn't get where I am today list, which to, is to unquestionably and un- unhesitatingly 
respect the wisdom of your elders at all times. Here we go. And that concludes my top 25 tips for the younger generation. However, after Becky's enthusiastic comments earlier, I'll work on another 25 and perhaps John and I could do a collective we didn't get where we were today career session, perhaps even a conference. I'm pretty sure I won't be able to find a big enough venue for that, Chris. Hmm. I think you're right. Still, we can try. I didn't get where I was today without trying. Anyway, enough of this and on to my report. In Europe, butter prices have been threatening to surge in recent weeks, like my postbox does on Valentine's Day. Uh, in <laughs> no, no, hang on a minute. No, it doesn't, Chris. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> the official quotations are at 3,570 euros, well above that 3.5 level I've been talking about. But the real market is slightly higher than that. But conventional skim milk powder buyers have told sellers in no uncertain terms to, and I quote, getting the lost, you is having ein a laugh. So Dutch and French skin powder have dropped a bit, but nothing to worry about just yet. And the freezing weather over Europe will almost certainly tighten up milk volume significantly, and perhaps buyers will have the last ein a laugh a couple of weeks or so from now. And together, butter and skim convert to around 28.5p after transport, but before a margin for average constituent milk. On the futures, the big story of the week again is butter futures are up. Every price for the next six months is at or above 36 euros, 3,600 euros to within touching distance of 3,800. So really good positive signs there. Skim futures are about the same, and the uh, the uh, combination converts to still 28.5 to 29 before a process has taken his share. New Zealand futures are a touch higher than that. Now, Muller Farmers in particular will know that their futures prices have over recent months and even years been about as attractive as John in crocheted pyjamas, and the latest <laughs> set are similarly fetching. <laughs> I've uh, he is. <laughs> I've asked the question of mother. Sorry, Chris, that is the image of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I've even got a kite logo on, I'll have you know. He even crocheted <laughs> a kite logo on his crocheted pajamas. Anyway, I've asked the question as to what's happening to improve the situation with Muller's futures, but I've not had an answer yet, and no one knows where to start with John. Anyway, back to the report. Last week in the UK, cream was languishing between 125 for rural Britannia land cream up to around 138 for export to the imperial state of Johnny Foreigner. Happily, prices have risen to 133 here to uh, on the domestic market to the very high 130s, even maybe 140 for export. So cream's moving up but not fast enough to prevent milk price drops for some liquid processes, which I've warned of for a few weeks. Here, butter is still very strong. Cheese is very strong. Mozzarella is strengthening. And so too is spot milk. And that's back in and around 29p. 
So it's good, good, good still there for. So there should be lots of happy farmers, especially Arla farmers with their bumper 13th payment. And of course, tractor dealerships and auction marks where they've already spent it. So that's it from me. I'm now going to think of another 25 tips to pass on to the next generation and talk to John about. So we can pass them both down collectively to the ages for posterity. How can anyone possibly think the dairy industry won't completely rocket for decades as a result? Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Uh, Nick, first of all, sorry about us. Secondly, <laughs> welcome to the show and congratulations on the award. How does it feel to be named Young Dairy Farmer of the Year? Thank you very much and thanks for having me on the show. Um, I was absolutely honoured to be to be nominated first and then to go on to win it is a it was absolutely enjoyed um in this industry you don't always get a pat on the back there's not someone there telling you you're doing a good job so to have these awards and to be recognized for doing hard work is uh is really good yeah. it's just a shame we couldn't have had the uh glamorous awards ceremony um my award was just handed to me by the local dpd driver over the bin but, uh, <laughs> Nothing says, more, nothing says glamorous like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, still really cool though. So tell us uh, a bit about yourself and, and your dairy farming journey uh, and your farm over there in Lancashire. Yeah, so I was uh, born into a family farm. Um, I'm third generation. So I grew up on the farm and uh, went to school and college. Um, I was did really well in school and I was encouraged to stay in the education system. So I left college with uh, five A-levels at grade A in maths and science. And at that point, I was uh, looking at what to do next. Um, I I still had a very strong passion for dairy farming. It's something I wanted to do. But I did look at the agricultural degrees out there and I just felt they weren't going to challenge me enough. So I I pursued a, a second interest of mine, which was engineering. So... I started looking at engineering degrees and I ended up settling on Warwick University and um, I studied civil engineering there. Wow. So I spent three years studying civil engineering, graduated at the age of 21 with a first class degree in civil engineering. Um, and at that, at that point in my life, um, I actually lost my granddad and he was quite an influential figure to me and, and to the farm. So it kind of made me look at my life and what I wanted to do and which direction I wanted to take it in. So... I decided, you know, I wanted to do what makes me happy and which was farming. So I returned back to the to the family business and spent a few years scrubbing up on my dairy skills and, and my knowledge. And after, a few, well, within a couple of years, I decided to take over the managing of the dairy enterprise. And here we are today. Um, the farm, currently farming about 500 acres. It's, it is actually a mixed farming enterprise. We have beef and sheep as well as the dairy. So we're milking 180 cows through uh, three Lely Air, Air 5 robots um, that are averaging 11,000 litres. And uh, we have about 150 store beef and a couple of hundred sheep as well. Wow. So what's been your key focus over the last couple of years? And what are some of the uh, changes that you've made since since you started managing the dairy enterprise? Our key focus is on the farm, efficiency, cow comfort and financial performance. So we're on a, an online milk contract, which makes us quite vulnerable to quite volatile milk prices and feed prices. So I wanted to build resi- resilience into the business. So we're able to cope with those lower prices and 
kind of build up cash reserves and which will help us get through the hard times. Um, so we looked at different ways in which we can do this within the business. And we wanted to invest in a new cow shed because, because we wanted the cows performing to their absolute full potential. So we ended up designing a, a new shed on a greenfield site. And the, the main focus of this shed was cow comfort because of a big belief that if the cows are comfortable and happy, they're going to perform really well and give you lots of milk, which is going to pay the bills. So we put up this new shed, which has all the state-of-the-art cow comfort ideas. So they've got plastic cubicles, a, a plastic feed fence, which was, was actually the first one in the UK to put that in. Um, you've got rubber slats in the right places and robotic silo pushers, robotic slurry pushers and uh, automatic foot baths, everything them cows need to keep them happy and comfy. So that was probably our... My, one of my biggest changes we've made um, to the farm. And uh, like I said before, we obviously has milking robots in there. And uh, probably some other aspects that we've changed is is the way we feed the cows. We want to try and get as much milk from forage as we can and keep, keep feed costs low. So one of the ideas we had was zero grazing. Um, so we weren't going to be able to let the cows out anymore in the summer. And since we've started zero grazing, you know, we've saved a lot of money on, on boating feeds and it's been really successful for us. Mm. Yeah, I think That's I'm moving into your shed. It sounds sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, Becky, you were on the judging panel for the award. Um, what were the judges looking for and, and what's this particular award looking to showcase? Yeah, uh, well, one of the things this particular judge was um, looking for was the glamorous uh, award ceremony that Nick's <laughs> no <laughs> which is a bit of a shame really um, I think any awards are a really good opportunity to showcase our industry aren't they and the, and the talent in it and you know if we think about maybe where consumers get their information or outwards looking in um you know it, it's it's good to bring to the fore the, the very best that we've got to offer um I think in terms of the candidates and the people who apply, you know, I'm always looking for somebody who's committed to being a good and successful dairy farmer now, but a good and successful dairy farming business in the future. I think um, I'm looking for somebody who brings together lots of those different uh, elements that deliver that. So whether it be good technical performance, um, a level of investment, a f- outward looking and forward looking um uh, view of the industry and what it will be and how the business needs to fit in it um, and an awareness of the marketplace that that you're operating in um, and I think you know some of the stuff that Nick speaks about in terms of how he's building resilience and sustainability in his business so you know really are the things that anybody in those type of um, you know entering any awards need to be thinking about and the the one thing that I really like about the the young entrant category in particular is actually it could be anybody. Um, so it, it like Nick came back third generation into the family business, but the the highly commended in the category was um, Joel and Emma Redfern, who were new entrants who had built an incredible business from a standing start five years ago. You know, so so it showcases. You know, there's no one size fits all. It showcases the absolute best of our industry, um, and and how those people, in their own way, bring together what's important to them. Like Nick said, what they enjoy doing, what's important to them, and translate that into a great business. 
Nick, you mentioned your investments in in the business, including some big spends on technology. What was the decision process for investing in robots, for example, and, and what do they bring to your business? Before the robots, we were milking in a, quite an old parlour. It's 25 years old and falling down in the milking. Um, and it could take like up to six hours a day to do two milkings. And uh, the cows were fairly pushing on with yields and the cows needed to be milked three times a day. The parlour wasn't up to it, so we needed to look at a new way of milking them. Um, and with the robots, first of all, it gave us that third milking without having to do the extra work ourselves or getting extra staff. Um, and also gave us gave us flexibility to uh, to have a bit more time to ourselves. I, I've just uh, started a young family, so I wanted, a, wanted time to be able to see my, see my children and watch them grow up. But probably... One of the biggest things with the robots was the amount of data they gave us um, and what we could do with that data, the potential to increase most, increase profit margins in all aspects of the business, whether it was from, you know, in the health side, reducing vet bills, reducing antibiotics, or being able to feed these cows more efficiently, so be able to reduce feed costs, and then we've been able to increase yields and improve fertility. So having all that data there gives you the potential to improve the business in so many different ways. You've clearly seen a lot of benefits to your side, um, but do you think that increasing the amount of tech on dairy farms generally um, is the way forward for the industry as a whole? Yeah, no, techno- technology definitely has its place on dairy farms today, um, particularly in the health side of things, like I mentioned before. You know, it's great for monitoring um, the vital signs of cows, whether it's the temperature, milk quality, how many minutes a day she's chewing a cud. We're able to respond very quickly to a, any health crises that are appearing and we can fix them before the cow actually gets clinically sick, um, which is probably every dairy farmer's dream is to have a healthy herd. And that technology is there 24 hours a day and it's able to watch them cows for you when you physically can't be there. And um, it's accessible so you can look at your information in the house, in the office, when you're out on the farm. You know, it's constantly there. Even things, small things like carving sensors, you know, they're not expensive and they can help save a calf's life. Um, or right up to like what we're doing, where we're constantly monitoring every aspect of the cow, you know, her weight, temperature, how much milk, the colour of the milk, conductivity, cell counts, the, the list goes on. It's a huge amount of data collected. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, based on that, how do you decide what data to make the most use of and, and how does it impact on your management decision-making? Um, well, we have, we have health reports, which um, uh, health reports and other reports, which organize the data. So it's easy to read and it picks out the important bits. Um, the software is looking for deviations really in any of the cows, cows statistics, if you will. Um, and from them, I'm able to look just quickly look through graphs and see any cows that need attention. Um, I'm able to produce graphs as well um, to plot plot the performance of the cows, so I can see milk yield versus how much feed she's eating and the quality of the milk. And then I can overlay these with financial figures showing showing how uh, how much milk profit we're producing. You know, against you know the the cost of the feed going into the robots. Um, we are. We have just started using a new software in the last three months, which is changing the way we feed the cows now. Um, so we're moving away from feeding to yield, and the cows are now fed 
according to their own feed efficiency. So in this software, we, we put in the cost of the feed and we put in our milk price and then using a, a mathematical model called dy dynamic linear modeling, um, it calculates the optimum yield your herd should be performing at and how much feed they need. And then each cow is then challenged for every concentrate, every kilo of concentrate she eats. Um, so basically it'll take away a bit of concentrate from the cow and if none of her figures change, you know, she's she's not losing weight, she's still producing the same amount of milk, then she won't get that back. It encourages the cows to eat forage at the feed fence, which is a cheaper source of feed. And uh, so far we're up to saving 10 tonnes of feed a month without any reductions in feed or changes to the cow's weight or fertility. So technology in that, that area is, you know, starting to emerge and it's improving efficiency really well. Yeah. Becky, it's pretty clear from everything Nick's been saying today, but, uh, but what's impressed you, what impressed you and the other judges about Nick's farming business? I think what Nick uh, does really really well is he had this really wide view of what the business needed to be and what his priorities were and you know one of those being his young family um and and he then put the investment and he committed to building that business to meet his needs but I suppose in the context of of what his business needed to be externally to the wider industry. And, and Nick brings together really good farm performance, really good cow productivity. He's obviously, um, you know, delivering that productivity through those da that data that he's using to drive farm efficiencies and, and drive his decision-making. And he brings that cow performance and um, technical performance together with really good business performance. So then, you know, he's really... Um, proactive in looking at his budgeting and he talked about stress testing earlier in terms of the, the context of his milk price and at Kite we, we talk quite a lot about you know people planet and profit and the link of all those elements in a successful business both now and in the future and, and for me Nick and, and the way his application was written and having spoken to him afterwards you know Nick brings all those things to, to, together and his business delivers on all of those fronts and I think that they're what's coming through more and more as we talked to Nick this morning is, you know, it's those transferable skills, actually. It's a lot of what he's learned through his degree and, you know, that, that and clearly an obsession for, for data um, as well and, and utilising that data because, you know, that that's a challenge with robots. They give you so much information. And in fact, not just robots, you know, any dairy farming system at the moment gets huge, huge amounts of data. Um, you know that it's it's then using that data to to drive the business forward and and make decisions that then impact on on the success of the business going forward, whether that be on cows or whether it be on on the bottom line or usually both. Mm. Yeah, uh, Nick, you've also started to do uh, quite a bit of wider industry stuff um, as well, and you host a lot of visits on your farm, such as uh, for young farmers discussion groups. You're also the cattle secretary for your local agricultural show, and I honestly don't know how you find time for all this. But mm -hmm. but why is all that wider industry um, stuff that you do important to you? I think it's important for you know sharing knowledge and ideas. Um, if we wanted to drive the industry forward and improve efficiency on other farms, you know, your farmers need to talk to each other and share ideas, and you know that's that's what's important for you know for, for making improvements um if, if it wasn't for talking to other farmers i wouldn't have gone down the zero grazing route and 
that so far as you know on average it saves me between 40 and 50 thousand pounds a year zero grazing compared to feeding silage and and more purchasing feeds so you know things like that you know they're invaluable really um so the way i tend to do it is day to day i have a an instagram account where i post post some some of my ideas and some of the things we're doing which seem to be accepted really well um and then like you said i've i quite host quite a few forum toys and discussion groups nothing this in the past 12 months obviously but um in the previous year i think i had 500 plus people around the farm um and then i've done some panel meetings with the holstein club um i was lucky enough to be asked to do it to speak at the house of lord um which was um and in terms of uh, being the cattle secretary of the show, it's, it's just really good for bringing all the local farmers together for a bit of friendly competition. Um, everyone brings the best cows and we have a bit of banter and see who can walk away with a trophy. I, I actually walked away with a trophy last year and I don't know whether people were calling it a fix, but it was... A... <laughs> if they weren't, they might be now. <laughs> It's just, an enjoyable, it's just an enjoyable day for everyone, you know, even mm. just going for, you know, for a bit of the social and a bit of a laugh, um, which I think we're all a bit short of at a minute. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think if this year's highlighted anything, it's the importance of community, isn't it? So so mm. what what do you see um, as the main challenges for your business in the future, Nick? Uh, you know, are, are there any challenges? I still think that the biggest challenges are going to be volatile feed prices and milk prices. Um so I want to continue to, to to build on the resilience I've already introduced into the business. So obviously with the with the software, which is helping us save feed through the winter and the zero grazing, which is saves feed through the summer, they're already working quite well. But I think probably areas for improvement is probably our grassland management. Now, in this part of Lancashire, it's quite wet. So the only forage we, we can really grow is grass and uh, achieving 4,000 litres plus milk from forage with just grass as your sole source it can be quite difficult but i think there's a lot of development in some good quality grass seeds out there and you know it's, it's a, i keep reading about some interesting things on the internet like bacteria that that work in synergy with the roots of the plant which can fix nitrogen and other nutrients out of the atmosphere and provide them to the plant so you're using less purchased fertilizers i think you know that could be a way forward mm-hmm. um so yeah i think grassland management is going to be key for us negotiating future challenges and even though we're, we're at classes of high import high yielding herding you know, i do look to some of those grazing herds for inspiration you know they manage their grass really well and achieve some great efficiencies down there fantastic Becky, going back to the award, um, why is Nick such an inspiration for other young dairy farmers out there? I think it, anybody who's listened to the podcast can see Nick is incredibly committed to the industry, is very focused on what he does, he's built a brilliant business around his skills, his passion and his interests. Um, I suppose no one size fits all. So my message is always, you know, do, do whatever you do, but do it really well and that's what Nick does um and maybe the last point that he made about you know learn from others and, and share with us mm. others you know that that sense of community and like you said that ne- never ever have we all felt like we needed to go to a 
agricultural show and have a bit of friendly banter and competition with the, the neighbours more so than uh, this last last year. But there's a lot to be said about, you know, what, what we've got in agriculture is really special, that community feel. So, mm. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, that's all we have time for. But a huge thank you to our guests today, Nick Eccles, Becky Leach and Chris Walkland. No, don't you mean CJ Walkland there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah that is yeah as another show over another award ceremony over and still no award for chris walkland if you do know of anything that we can nominate him for then please message us your ideas on twitter at kite consulting we'll be back with more dairy news and views next friday but for now it's goodbye from all of us here <laughs>